0: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an awful girl with
1: you. As
0: far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. can
1: Film Church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. The Baxter's over there. The Rojo's over there. And me, right in the middle.
0: Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. And I'm Lewis. And we are here to talk about movies. This is the second episode in a special series of episodes. We are going through the filmography of Sergio Leone. Um, normally, each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for each of us to watch, and we don't reveal what the what the movie is until the end of the episode. Um but for the next six weeks now we are going to be talking about Sergio Leone's filmography, going through each of his films. Last week we watched The Colossus of Rhodes, which was his first world debut, and this week we are watching Fistful of Dollars, uh starring Clint Eastwood in his first leading role. This is also the first film in Sergio Leone's Dollars trilogy. So we are super excited to get into it. Last uh last week, like I said, we watched Colossus of Rhodes, which neither of us had seen, but we both were pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think the expectations weren't the highest going in, yeah. but we both had a good time.
0: So be sure to go back and listen to that episode and follow along with us on this Leone journey. That's right. Um as always, we'd like to thank everyone who's been listening to the show and sending their love for the podcast. If you're new to the show uh, and you're enjoying, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell on your podcast app so you get notified when we post new episodes. Uh, this is a film church, so we post episodes on Sundays. And if you really, really enjoy the show, be sure to share it with your friends and your family and. Let people know that we exist, and we're, we're starting this film church. Um, you can also find us on social media, at Film Church Radio, on basically all the social media apps. Leave us a comment, send us a message, tell us what you think about the show. If you love it, hate it, if it's blasphemous, uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, before we discuss the film, we're going to talk about what we've been watching this week, and... Lewis, what's up, yes. dude? How are you? I'm good, man. Good. I'm, I'm excited
1: a... to talk to you about this film.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um I'm just I'm a little exhausted this week from
1: moving. I but bet got through it. That's good. Yeah, it's it was a busy week. Um <laughs> probably not helped by the fact that I was like, "Hey, let's go to the cinema." <laughs> Actually, well, I mean, yes and no, but, like, I was just thinking,
0: like, we, uh, you know, if it wasn't for this film church that we've started here, you know, this is, like, one of those weeks where I wouldn't have watched any films. Yeah. But because of you and this film church, I watched two films.
1: That's great. Good. Because
0: <laughs> you, you hit me up and you're like, hey, let's go see this movie. I guess that was, like, on Tuesday, and then uh, and then, you know, I had to watch Fistful of Dollars. It's not that I didn't want to watch Fistful of Dollars. It's that like, you know, when you're really busy like yeah. making the time to watch a film is it's difficult to justify. Yeah. But it's like, well, it's part of my religion now, so I have to
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm just uh very thankful for, for film church this week.
1: Good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. So, um, in terms of what I've been watching this week, um, it's kind of, it's definitely revolved around a fistful of dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, that was obviously I watched that and then I went back, um, and I I read that it had been based on a Kurosawa film that I hadn't seen. So I watched, um, Yujimbo, which it's based on. And then I watched the sequel to that, Sanjuro, um, watched those this week. Um, which I'm sure we'll get into, yeah. Later on in the show,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I I didn't realize. I mean, I had seen Fistful of Dollars before, um, yeah. You know this episode, but and years ago, but I didn't realize that it was based on a Kurosawa film. So yeah, I'm really interested to what, you know, how it is and what you say about it because I it's a film I haven't seen. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll get into it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and then. I showed... Because I know that a few weeks ago we talked about Studio Ghibli films and kind of the fact that I'd never seen one. Yeah. So the other day I decided to... Well, yesterday I decided to put one on um, for me and my daughter. But I think I definitely 100% chose the wrong one. <laughs> it was like one of the ones that just kind of... It came up on HBO Max. And I was yeah. like, yeah, we'll watch this. It's like an hour and a half. You know, kind of just middle of the afternoon thing. And we watched Earwig and the Witch. Um, didn't look anything up about it. And as we're going through I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why yeah. this studio is so loved, like from this one film, you know. Yeah. Um and it wasn't until I finished it and I put my rating in Letterboxd that I was like, Oh, everybody hates this film. <laughs> 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 like And you, not... you just picked the wrong one. Yeah, it just yeah. wasn't a good representation from the reviews that I read of you know what Studio Ghibli is and kind of what they put out. Yeah. Um so Um, willing to give it another try for sure but that is not high up on my list and then obviously you know this was the um blu-ray week release of spider-man no way home yeah so we watched that again last night did Um, you
0: get the um the best buy like what's it called
1: the steel book. Yeah, I don't know why I no. couldn't think of the word steel. <laughs> I was like the silver book. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, no, they they put the pre sale up so early. Um, it was like months and months ago, so it just oh, sold out. So it just like, sold even out. even on release day, they had none to sell, um, which was very frustrating. Um, so so we just you got get? we just got the I think it's the Target okay. 4K with the with the art cards which yeah it, i mean it didn't really matter you know we would have just got it from anywhere but yeah um i was yeah, looking so... at
0: that one too i i just haven't had like i i did the same thing you did i was like looking around for for different copies and uh the best buy one was just sold out everywhere yeah and i still haven't got a copy yet so probably going to walmart
1: nice yeah the walmart <laughs> one's good i like that I like the yeah. cover
0: the cover's is not bad yeah
1: um yeah and it's just one of those films that when you rewatch it at home, it just reminds you of being in the cinema when you first saw it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you like can, we,
1: you, you remember when people are cheering and like, you yeah, know, the applause and stuff. It's. I think it's, we even
0: said that on our on our episode where we had just seen the film. Um, for the listeners listening, if you want to go back and listen to our Spider Man No Way Home special. Uh, it was like the weekend that it came out, so Lewis and yeah. I had both seen it, and it was just kind of our first reactions. But yeah, I think we even said in that episode that every time we watch this movie, we're going to be thinking about those those Cheers. Yeah, you know, watch Yeah,
1: um, it's still funny. Still, you know, still holds up. Yeah, can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, I'm excited to watch some
0: of that behind the scenes stuff too.
1: Yeah, yeah, Blu-ray. I said, to, I said to Chelsea, Marvel are just so good at like not. Just kind of wetting your appetite, yeah. Like after everyone finishes, you're like, I cannot wait to see what happens next. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, dude, Multiverse of Madness coming next. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> In like less than a month, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the cinema to go and see everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Um, I'd read and seen so much good stuff about this film, like prior. Um, as soon as I saw it showing, I was like, Brendan, we gotta go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, too, I mean, uh, I've heard so many good things about this movie. It looked really good. Um And it came out, you know, last weekend, I guess. And then you and I went on, you know, the t- Tuesday after it came out, I guess. Yeah. Um But, yeah, if it wasn't for you being like, hey, let's go see this now, <laughs> which I'm glad we did because, like, um You know, getting some like we were in like the theater was pretty packed. So getting to getting to watch this movie with uh, a fresh audience with people who hadn't seen the movie yet either um, was a really great experience. Like if we had waited a couple of weeks, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be kind of a sleeper hit. Like it already seems like it's a hit hit, but yeah. As far as like, you know, it's not a Marvel film, so people weren't, you know, not everyone went to go see it opening weekend. And you and I didn't go see it opening weekend, you know what I mean? But yeah. we did see it soon enough, at least there was a fresh audience. But there might still be a lot of, you know, fresh audiences over the next several weeks, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think the word of mouth is really working wonders for this film, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um,
0: so yeah I mean, it was it was a wild adventure.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's it's so good. So good and like just weirdly funny and moving and you know it is it is it is everything you know within two and a half hours it's just it's a wonderful experience.
0: Yeah, it felt like you know when I came out of the movie, it felt like I had seen something that is kind of going to be the de- the definitive movie of the next twenty years. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. I I, think I said before, like when the Matrix came out, it was like everybody was trying to be the Matrix for the next 20 yeah. years. They've been trying to be the Matrix and it just nothing has ever been as good as that, you know, in terms of trying to be that. And this film, it feels like everyone's going to be trying to copy it for the next 20 years, but none of it's going to be as good as this was.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. I think that, you know, first and foremost, the representation is so good the yeah. fact that we see you know I was thinking about it as well and the fact that the two main characters are you know over 50 as well is yeah. really refreshing yeah. and like just a whole different you know story and the fact that it's an original story as well I'm just you know I'm it's, it deserves all the plaudits yeah um but no doubt we will receive zero oscar nominations I don't <laughs> Next yeah year.
0: Probably not. I don't know, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But it's it, it does seem in the vein of like, okay. You know, not to go on a little tangent here about the Oscars, but as far as Oscar humor goes, it seems like they're trying to be kind of the humor that this film actually was. Whereas yeah. like the Oscars misses the mark and this movie yeah. like hits it like mm-hmm. dead center. So yeah, if you want to be, you know, the Oscars that's celebrating, um, I don't know, just goofiness or like yeah. non glamour or whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know, then maybe you know, this is the kind of film they need to nominate, but it's still a great film, like, yeah, that I, I'm not saying that to say anything negative about the film,
1: but you know. I don't know I think if that it,
0: made any sense
1: or not. No it did. I think that it will take a lot um to shift this from like my, my top film of the year this year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, like especially new release, I think it was just like I said unique and just so enjoyable to watch.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to go see it again within the next week. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. going to take some more people that haven't seen it and see what that experience is like again. It'll be yeah. interesting to see um, what, you know, if it's still packed or what how yeah. audiences are reacting to it. Um, so and that's, that's the thing I miss a lot about working in a movie theater is just get, being able to firsthand see every day how a film is doing. Yeah. And even like months later, you know, like the films that are always the most interesting are like months later, it'll all of a sudden be sold out and packed yeah, full of people that haven't seen it yet. So it is like just word of mouth. But yeah, I feel like this might be one of those
1: movies. Fingers crossed. I hope so. But
0: that is, uh, that's everything, I guess, that we've watched this week other mm-hmm. than Fistful of Dollars. So right. let's talk about A Fistful of Dollars, yes. 1964. I feel like 1964 is like the year <laughs> that we've <laughs> – Not intentionally (laughs) talked about the most (laughs) on this
1: podcast. Yeah, there's been a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, But Fistful of Dollars. The IMDb summary is a wandering gunfighter plays two rival families against each other in a town torn apart by greed, pride, and revenge. Um. What did you think of the movie?
1: So, having seen Yojimbo first, um, it it did dampen my view a little bit. Okay, It was full of dollars, yeah. um, I thought Clint was incredible. I yeah. thought that, like, you know, you can tell that he is a movie star. Yeah, you know, I know we've said it before in the past about other people, but the way that you know every line seemed iconic. Yeah. I don't know whether that's just watching it from a perspective point of view or whether like I mean it must have done at the time right because it did kind of catapult him to stardom but um, yeah he's just great in it and um, I I, it was a pretty faithful you know remake I guess of um, Yeah, but I felt like Yoshimbo had a little bit more Um, I don't know it was a little bit more interesting to me There's a few little touches there, like slight areas where it changed that just kind of elevated it a little bit. Yeah. Um, And you said you've seen A Fistful of Dollars before, right? Yes. I mean, it's been years and I had
0: forgotten most of it. Because I had seen, I guess, probably the first Sergio Leone film that I ever saw was The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Then I went back and watched A Fistful of Dollars. But um, I wasn't. I remember not being that impressed with it the first time I saw it, and I think that's yeah. just because I you know, saw the third one first. Yeah. So, um but going back and watching it this time, I did enjoy it a lot. And I haven't Good. seen Yojimbo, but um I did like this movie a lot. It it Yeah. You could just tell how brilliant Leone is with the camera. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because he's just like straight up copying Kiwasawa mm-hmm. or because he's just great. you know yeah it's yeah. hard it's hard to tell yet. but um I mean, it seems like he's he definitely this this is this is his wheelhouse. like he was mm-hmm. born to make these westerns. Yeah. I mean, just the sh- the slow shots of like all the characters reacting like the way that those shots are edited together. All the shots of like just the close up of close ups of people's faces, and then you know their eyes move or they just you know they give you a look,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: um I love the way all that's cut together, the close ups of people's feet um that kind of stuff it seems very like almost like a cartoon, yeah, you know, yeah, um, which I love like it's it's. I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like saying cartoon makes it sound a little bit like it's cheesy, but it doesn't feel cheesy no. to me yeah. when you're watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Clint's really good. He's, you know, this is his first leading role that he ever yeah. played. This is him. I, I think he was in Rawhide, the TV show, as a side character, and that's the only – Thing that people recognized him from, but even this, like most Americans, didn't see this movie until The Good and the Bad of the Ugly came out years later. And mm-hmm. because The Good and the Bad, The Ugly was so popular, um, it, it was that one wasn't even supposed to have an American release either. But because it was so popular in Europe, it they finally sent it over to America. And Clint didn't even do the dub, like his English dub on his character's voice until like 1967. Oh, wow. And when they actually did the American release. Mm. Um, So it's kind of interesting that, yeah, and this was done for like $200,000, like super cheap. Um, (laughs) Just like there's so many little like details that that make this film so interesting because it's like it's such a low budget film. Like Clint Eastwood in his first starring role, like, this film could have just been nothing. Like, it could yeah. have just been lost, and, mm-hmm. and nobody ever saw this film, and Clint never did anything else. But it's because of a few factors. It's because of, like, the the creativity and camera work, um, the resourcefulness of, of the crew and Sergio Leone, the casting of Clint Eastwood, and... Um, You know, the costume design, like that iconic costume that they put together, which was apparently done by a few different people, like Clint. Clint uh, brought the jeans, like the black jeans, uh, from some shop in Hollywood, and I think he brought the cigars. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget where the hat came from, Um, but I think Sergio Leone and the costume designer picked out the poncho from Spain. And his gun belt, I think, actually came from his character in Rawhide. Mm. Um, and then, and then, like the I was reading that the he's on like this skinny horse, just because Leone thought that that was like funny.
1: Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that, like aesthetically, the fact that he rides into the town on a mule and not on like yeah. you know, a typical Western hero you know, on this beautiful horse kind yeah. of thing. It's, yeah. it says a lot about kind of the film that you're going to get. I don't, I think it's, it's a good example of a Western, but it's also not a Western. If you know what right. I mean, it's kind exactly. of every, um, trope that you think about is kind of played with and yeah. like, edited a little bit. Um, and also like the film, like the film is supposed to be
0: in Mexico, right? Like yeah. as far as the story takes place in Mexico, mm-hmm. um, which would, like if you're, if it's a brilliant way to to do the film if you think about it because it's like it's an Italian filmmaker shooting a uh, an American Western mm-hmm. in Italy and it's like yeah. how are you going to do that and he's like well we're it's going to take place in Mexico and we're going to cast everyone in the cast is going to be Italians but we're going to say that they're Mexicans
1: yeah <laughs> so you yeah, like it's great.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, we'll hire one American, um, and apparently he wanted to cast Henry Fonda, but that was, like, way out of their budget. Yeah. Like, Clint Eastwood only got $15,000 for this.
1: That's insane. <laughs> insane.
0: So, like, um, yeah, and, and then Clint Eastwood wasn't even a movie star yet. Yeah. Um, And apparently, like, Sergio Leone, like, warmed up to him in the shoot – uh and joked that Clint Eastwood only had two expressions, with hat or without hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it just That's sounds good. like it just sounds like such a like lightning in a bottle moment.
1: Yeah. I mean definitely after watching Clusters of Rose last week, this seems like more of a first film. Yeah. This is those hallmarks of kind of like, you know, we've talked about John Waters a lot, but like just kind of getting everything together, and it and it just working, you know, against yeah. kind of all the odds. You know, when you were talking about the costume being put together, it reminded me of Chaplin. Like his whole tramp outfit was just pieces that he picked up from the prop department mm-hmm. in the studio he was in. Like it didn't, there wasn't necessarily like you know so much thought went into kind of creating the tramp. It was just what was there. Yeah. And this is the same kind of thing. And like, as su- every character is looks iconic like the the one that um kind of got me the most was their right hand man is it chico like the big yeah. guy um, yeah i think so yeah like he looks like ev. like he looks like he's been reproduced so many times as soon as he walked on i was like i know who this character is yeah you know, with the kind of um the I huge sombrero yeah the sombrero the um the shells i guess they are like the the ammo kind of slung around on oh, yeah. shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just the whole look um straight up Chewbacca. Yeah, it was just like he just screams bad egg. Yeah. He's <laughs> <It's> just like <laughs> he's there to like kick some butt. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was um I did enjoy like I said the aesthetic of it. I liked the fact that it was like it was so dusty and dirty and everybody looked like they hadn't showered in a month. Yeah. You know, and like that kind and of And they probably hadn't yeah I mean that I mean when you look at westerns, you know if you think of John Wayne entering in stagecoach, he looks like he's just stepped out of you his know, a trailer. trailer yeah exactly yeah. yeah he looks he looks clean, he looks presentable, whereas everyone here looks like like they have, like I said like they haven't showered for a week, yeah, and that is kind of it's just it feels more authentic to me, yeah as for a western sure. it feels very kind of um real,
0: yeah what's interesting so far about. Leone's career, you know, up to this moment is like he could have just made studio films, you know, yeah. like he really could have been that director. Like, he very much could have been like a Hitchcock, where like mm-hmm. people just hired him to make really good studio, big budget films, and he made them really well, under yeah. budget, you know, made them exciting. Um, but it seems like he didn't want to do that. Like, it seems like he. He kind of struggled uh, after Colossus of Rhodes came out of what he wanted to do next. And he was also like dealing with a lot of stuff in his personal life. Like his father passed away, um, I think, in 1961. Don't quote Mm -hmm. me on that. It was like like before he had really started making movies, I believe. And his father didn't want him to make movies because his father was also in the film industry. Um, but you got to think about like his, like the age gap there. Like his father was 50 years older than him. Yeah. And even for Sergio Leone, like his, his father took 10 years off of filmmaking when Sergio was a kid. So like his mm-hmm. dad, like Sergio Leone knew that his dad like made movies, but like for the first 10 years of his childhood, like he never saw his dad working. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until he was like 12 that he started uh, getting back into making some films and got on some film sets with his dad and stuff. But his dad was always like, yeah, I don't want you to make movies. And Leone actually went to law school for, for a little while and then was like, I don't want to do this. I want to make movies. Yeah. And, and his dad was like disappointed.
1: Oh, wow. and, then,
0: and then his dad passed away. And it was like his dad never saw him be the success that he was and then his yeah. mother you know kind of did a little bit like i i want to say she i i don't have the book in front of me i've been reading it but i i think she died in the late 60s mm-hmm. but she also had like a lot of health issues and stuff and yeah. they didn't have a great relationship so it wasn't like you know good job son you're doing yeah. great or anything yeah. like he did he never had like those moments um but yeah, like you said, it feels like this is more of a first film. And I think that that's because, you know, Colossus of Rhodes was like a studio project that he was hired to head up and he did it well. Mm-hmm. You know, he handled a large crew well, but then it sounds like he didn't know what to do next or how to do it. And when he saw Yojimbo, it was like, it literally says in the book, he saw that movie and then he was just like, I'm going to make this into a Western and then just obsessed yeah. over it and like got super excited about it and did it mm-hmm. um, and just planned the whole thing out. He just got that inspiration, that spark and he just held on to it and, and pulled that movie through. And then, and then it just snowballed. It was like, it became really popular in Europe and made a lot of money. It made like $4 million and they had only yeah. shot it for, you know, 200,000. Yeah. So, you know, obviously they were going to like try to do another one um which i'm i'm super excited to see the next film cuz i haven't seen for a few dollars more i've seen you know the good the bad the yeah. ugly but i haven't seen the middle one so
1: yeah i'm excited to see um like it, a different film you know like yeah. just kind of to see where the story goes but yeah. it's not based on something else you know cuz it's not i hope it's not ba- based on Sanjuro. I don't think it is. I did some okay. reading up, and I don't think it is. Um, I mean, but if it is, then I'm looking forward to the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I was reading a little bit on the description. I think it's about like two bounty
1: hunters. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound like um, Sanjuro. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's super interesting, and definitely the theme of like fatherhood. Um, I think shows through in this film a lot. You know, the, um, I don't know the name of the character, unfortunately, but the guy that owns the bar that he kind of stays at. Yeah. Um, um, I wrote it down. Is it Esteban? Sil-,
0: Sil Silvanito.
1: Oh, is it Silvanito? Yeah. The guy that okay. owns the bar? Yeah. Yeah. Silvanito. yeah so Esteban Silvan- is
0: like the guy that's
1: like laughing all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, um still a Vinito, he's like, you know, the fact that he kind of takes him in and um, is the reason that he kind of comes back when he does at the end. You know, you can see that theme of an older patriarchal figure that's kind of, you know, that you're defending in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which maybe is why this story spoke to, because that is the same in uh, in jimba. So maybe that's why, you know, it spoke to him so much. Um, but I did yeah. read that the... the you know, he didn't really enjoy the American Westerns. He thought they were, like, just not realistic. And, um, you know, the Italians laughed at them because they were so poor. So he wanted to show, like, a real... Um, like something gritty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... And he's definitely achieved it. I mean... Yeah, this movie is
0: really gritty. I mean, like, yeah. the when there's a whole scene with Clint Eastwood getting beat up, mm-hmm. like... To the point of, like, death. Like, he's just, like, they just beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And then, you know, in most movies it would be, like, you know, he just, like, gets up. And he starts, you know, he brushes it off or he walks away. But he, like, from that moment, he, like, he cannot walk. He can, like, barely move. (laughs) Which adds a lot of tension because you're, like because he's, like, around the corner and all these guys are running back and you're like, oh, crap, you know.
1: yeah.
0: Um, some of those scenes, like, when he crawls out of the the barn and he goes around the corner, just as they're, like, walking up, reminded me a lot of, like, Kill Bill
1: mm-hmm. when she's,
0: like, crawling out of the hospital and her legs yeah. are, like, still paralyzed and she can't move. Um, which, obviously, like, Quentin Tarantino has said lots of times that he thinks Sergio Leone is his most like his biggest influence I guess. Yeah. So you can see a lot of that stuff. Um and apparently a lot of the there like there's a lot more violence that was cut out of the movie like close-ups of people's bloody faces and stuff mm. like that that were cut out of certain versions of the movie especially like TV versions and American yeah. versions and stuff. Um So yeah, that makes sense like it it does it does feel pretty gritty and and that's it's interesting because cuz like i said earlier it almost feels the style feels like a cartoon but not yeah. not in like a childish way yeah if that makes sense cuz it is no, it more doesn't. gritty yeah um
1: but yeah um i think that um that the one difference that I don't want to keep going on about Usman because I know that we're not really, you know, we're talking about um, a space full of dollars. But the one thing that kind of that elevates that a little bit was so it is a story about a samurai, um, but the the sharpshooter in this film, the one that kind of he ends the film dueling with, part uh-huh. of um, the Rojos. He in the um, in Kurassara's version, um, like comes in late into the movie, and he's the only one that's got a gun. Like he's He's discovered, you know, he's found a gun. Oh, okay, um, so that's where that tension is. Is like it's kind of the you know we talked about it in the Seven Samurai episode. The the old versus the new is yeah. like you know the sword versus the gun. Yeah. So I was really interested to in see how they were doing, going to do it in this one. They just kind of they were like, okay, everyone's got guns, but he's just a better shot than everybody else. Yeah. yeah. So he's more skilled with the gun, which w- worked well. You know, it was. But he also gets like the the. Uh...
0: The bulletproof, like, best thing, too, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. that is that kind of, like, the gun, almost? Like, in the last scene that you're talking about? In like, terms as far of, as... Like, in terms of, like, building the tension or being, like... I haven't seen Yojimbo, so I don't know the comparison, but... Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have, like...
1: No, he doesn't get like a bulletproof vest and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. He just moves really fast. It's kind yeah. of it's over before you know it. You know the okay, cool. the samurai wielding is, you know, he takes six people out and you're like, "Oh my gosh. How did that happen?"
0: Yeah. He's much so, more skilled. Like he's a yeah. uh, even though even though you have a gun and it's, you know, this futuristic weapon. Yeah. It's like the you know, he's got the skill of a samurai.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it still kind of takes him down and um yeah, it's I mean that is that is where the kind of the tension comes from. Cuz you yeah. know he's skilled, you know it from the first minute. It's the same with with Clint is like you know he's a very skilled like gunman cuz yeah. he takes down four right at the beginning. Yeah. Um but then it's it's up to Notch cuz it's like even if he is quicker, he's still going to get a bullet in the heart. Right. You know yeah. there's no coming back from that. Right. So so you know, w- Go ahead. the The changes that are made in this, I think, are done well. Yeah, yeah.
0: In terms of yeah. like just making it a western, and
1: yeah, exactly. You does know, Yojimbo
0: feel like a western? Like it does. It? I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. It's the same. It's kind of like you know a small town um, built on just like a dust road, half against the other. Yeah, um, you know, it's very. It. I mean, it, it does get. It is like ripe for being turned into a western. I think, yeah, and I think that's the same with most samurai films, right? It's the same kind of idea. Yeah, I'm probably. sure they've been, like in, um they've um influenced a lot of westerns. Kind of, the, yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: Um, were there things that you noticed? Uh, you know, like I mentioned the Kill Bill thing, but were, were there things that you noticed? from this film that obviously influenced other films
1: from a f- um, fistful of dollars yeah um I mean I think that the like the loner is definitely a theme that we still see today. yeah the man with no you know. name yeah exactly just this guy that's kind of you know he has no reason to get involved in this everyone's like you know at the beginning you should leave you should leave and yeah he's like, I'm gonna stick around and kind of you know, fight for you as just like the villager. They're not even, you know, they've kind of accepted their lot in life. You know, it's just, yeah. It's like, well, the coffee makers just makes coffins all day because we know that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, ah, I'm just going to take them all down so you can live in peace. Yeah. Um. Again, he doesn't need to do that. And you can kind of, I think that it does a really good job of when you start to forget that side of him, he frees um, Marisol and a family and you get reminded that oh he's doing it for the like for the imprisoned he's not doing it for you know fame or for fortune, the money or or, yeah. yeah exactly all because all the way through he's just taken like hundreds of dollars from everybody yeah. and then he just gives it to marisol and he's like get out of here like you've got to go yeah um which is great yeah uh i do like that kind of um that dynamic. It does a really good job job of showing the character.
0: Yeah. Um what did you think of the opening credits? The titles. I thought
1: they were great. Yeah. It was that kind of um like like we said before, it's like gritty, kind of on a budget, but still I can tell what they were going for. Yeah. yeah I think more. I feel like that shots, style
0: just holds up so well.
1: Yeah. I think more gunshots rang out in those opening titles than most Westerns. Yeah. You know, it was just, like, gunshot after gunshot, and you knew what you were kind of getting into for. Yeah. You know, the, um, it was going to be bloody. There's going to be a lot of people dying. Um, but, yeah, it worked well. And the music, I know that we've talked about that this is his first... Um,
0: Collaboration.
1: Yeah, that's the word. Collaboration uh, with Morricone. Is it Morricone? Uh,
0: yeah. And yeah. Ennio, Ennio Morricone, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, even that psycho like... Everything about this film is just like, I can tell why it was successful.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and Ennio Morricone, I mean, like he, yeah, went on to have an incredible influential career. Yeah. I mean, so many iconic scores.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I, there's a few times that I was like, is it going to break into that song that I really know? And it didn't. And I can just tell that it's coming, you know, as soon as you hear that music, it kind of, you know who this composer is. Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm so yeah. I'm excited to and I'm not even sure on. what all the instruments are but yeah it's already got like a whistling going on and then there's other instruments that I can't uh, recognize off the top of my head but it's not yeah. like your typical you know orchestra it's, it's no. like very different but works so well
1: yeah and there's like the words that keep like playing over like we will win we will win I think it is um, like over the Musical interludes. Oh, is that what they're saying? We will win. I think so. That's what it okay. kept coming up to because <laughs> the subtitles. That's what it kept coming up with on the subtitles.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So that that that's cool. Yeah. Um, my mom was like, "Are they saying something?" Because I watched it with my parents last night, and uh she's like, "Are they saying something?" I was like, "I don't know. They might just be, yeah.
1: Know, <laughs> yeah,
0: just <been laughs> <something>. yeah, yeah, just chanting some, yeah." But she's like, "Are they saying he's so white?" <laughs> He's so white. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Change it into a um a black exploitation film. <laughs> yeah. Or a exploitation film. That's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, the music is really good. Um and just, you know, builds that atmosphere again from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I, I loved all that stuff. Um, I love the uh, the this part is pretty cartoonish, probably the most cartoonish part. But whenever um, I think it is Chico and another guy after they've beaten up Clint and they're going in to check on him, uh, they're like looking around for him, and then he's like up on top of the rails and he rolls a giant barrel down and that just randomly way-
1: explodes. Yeah, that
0: explodes, <laughs> and then apparently it was full of alcohol because then he lights it on fire. Yeah, or something maybe I don't know, oil. But yeah, yeah. I just love how this movie. I mean, it's funny that that he wanted to make it more real because it's like uh, there's certain moments like that that are that they don't, fantastical. they don't, yeah, yeah, that are fantastical that they don't overexplain. It's like there's even I think it's with Chico again earlier where. He's, like, shooting at him, and then he shoots the, the hinges off a window, and it falls down and hits Chico yeah, in the head, yeah. and it's like, he's out. Yeah. It's, like, every, like so many moments where it's like, yeah, you just hit somebody, and they, they're knocked out, you yeah. know, sleepy time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, when he full-on punches Marisol in the face. Yeah.
0: She just slowly is like, oh, time for bed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That game is a real shock. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He's just punched her in the face. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: But yeah, I mean I guess it was just super popular with with Italians. Like he knew he knew what he was going for. He knew what he could do and he knew I mean not not that you can even know when you're yeah. when you're making a film, but he, he had a sensibility for like what audiences would want in yeah. Italy at least, and then it ended up being popular in other places too mm-hmm. which is great yeah um so
1: yeah i just love even the beginning where it, it starts off and it is like a fable you know how when he walks into the bar um Sylvan silvanito uh-huh gosh yeah um that's it's it. like yeah as soon as you enter the town the coffee maker was sizing you up and I, yeah. I love that line i just thought <laughs> that was you know it's already it's kind of just that setting the scene is done so well Um, and setting you up in that line that kind of speaks volumes about what is going to happen yeah it is a life and death situation that he's going to put himself in Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, there's
0: so many moments like that in the first like 20 minutes of the movie i feel like that just set everything up so well to get you interested in the film yeah you know all the character development and setup is is really great um yeah i love that stuff And then the scene, and and then I guess pretty soon after that, he's, uh, you know, he has that first duel with the uh, four cowboys where he's like uh, trying to get them to apologize to his mule.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like that whole scene was great. Like just such great dialogue. Like, I don't know, like, is it kind of word for, like, is there a scene like
1: that in Yojimbo? Um, it's, it's pretty similar. So when he kind of first enters the town, they kind of, the, the Baxters, um, the equivalent of kind of surround him and he walks back, um, and he goes to the other people and he's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help you kill them. And then he goes back and kills like three of them, like pretty quickly. Yeah. So it is the same kind of thing. I mean, in terms of like the main plot points, I don't think a lot has changed from either. It's just like you know the little bits that uh um kind of tuned out just to make it fit more into this western
0: yeah is uh kind is the character kind of the same or it is like is Clint Eastwood
1: like is Yojimbo is that his name so he again he doesn't have a name he does kind of he does say at one point um i can't remember what he says it's like 30 year old something or other like that's what he okay. calls it. it's just like it's just like a flower or something Yeah. Um, or that might be the second one. Um but he is like he has no name. He kind of it starts off and he's just walking down a dusty road. He throws like a stick up to show him which way to go. Um so he is kind of aimless. And then he kind of comes across this family and the young guys like I'm going to go and join them, you know, to the parents. And he follows them and it turns out he's joining one of the gangs and he's like oh, I'm just going to stick around and help. Okay. Um so the the opening was, you know, a tad different. He doesn't just stroll into town. He's kind of like brought you know he kind of gets dragged in a little bit yeah um but it's um toshiro mifune from yeah. seven samurai mm-hmm. and he's like he there's i mean on the on the baxter's side i think In in the other one there's a guy that's you know that's huge he's, he must be close to seven foot um and they're kind of all random, and he's just walking around. And when he sees him, the look on his face just made me like, how <laughs> it was so. He was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, you're a big one, you know. Um, and he's, I mean, he's he does play the character very similar, you know. He's yeah. very, but he's a little bit more like hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they are the same. Clint's a little bit more, um, you know, steely eyed. Yeah, I yeah. guess like um to share with him is a, like has a little bit more fun i would yeah. say yeah well
0: him like i mean just thinking about him and seven samurai like he's such a like lively playful character yeah that, that makes a lot of sense whereas clint eastwood is like he's just there to be you know like mean, as sergio leone says with hat or without hat yeah yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> you know he's just he there says, to be like mysterious and hard and gritty
1: i feel like he says hello just like hello Like 10 times in this movie. every time he meets someone new, he's like either hanging from a pole and he's just like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Which I found really funny. I'm not sure. I think it was meant to be, you know, humorous because he was always in a bit of a compromising position. But um, yeah, I I thought that he he did a really good job. You know, he wasn't one note as much as I thought he would be. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of... Um, acting skill on, on, uh, on display. Yeah,
0: apparently his trademark squint was caused by a combination of the sun and high wattage arc lamps on the set. Like Again, just, like, just
1: one of those things that you can't really plan for. Yeah, it exactly. Just kind of happened and it became iconic. So. Yeah,
0: it's magic. Yeah. Um, I was going to say also about Mifune and this movie. Uh, the character. Uh, Esteban, mm. um, who is he's one of the Rojos. Yeah, the Rojos. He is like constantly laughing in the background, and it just reminded me of like Mafune from yeah. Seven Samurai. Which apparently this movie was also going to be called uh, The Magnificent Stranger, which The Magnificent, okay. you know, Seven is seven. based off of Seven yeah. Samurai. And this movie they were gonna call this movie the Magnificent Stranger, but then they changed it like three days before it was released.
1: Oh wow. So I think a fistful of dollars is a is a better title. Yeah, for sure. I really like that title. Yeah. Um yeah. But And I, I don't the, know if it's
0: Fistful of Dollars or A Fistful of Dollars. I mean everywhere it reads a fistful of dollars, but on the movie it's just fistful of dollars.
1: Yeah, I think I th- I think the A was added later. Yeah. Right. Because I think after maybe after a few dollars more, probably or for a few dollars more, um, yeah. But for, for yeah, for me, it went a little bit at the end when he's kind of riding off. It was kind of full screen, and then as soon as he was riding off, it went like letterboxed for some reason. Oh, really? I'm not sure if that was just the film that I was what like if that was just the version that I was watching or not. But it was very noticeable because it, it kind of like lifts up and out and he's yeah. riding out of the town and it it did just go like letterbox which was really strange. I'm not huh. sure whether that was something that was not added in but you know a, a creative choice maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Maybe a creative choice cuz the opening credits are all um it's like the orange but yeah. it's like it's like a a sliver. Yeah, like a
1: letterbox. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't know that that could have been just to kind of bookend it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but I I didn't notice that. What did you did you watch a Blu-ray or did you watch?
1: So I I just rented it from yeah, um, you know, Amazon Prime or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what um, I did. So yeah, I'm um, not sure whether it was just. I assume that it was the you know because I'm a, it was a pretty good like copy. It wasn't um you know. Like shoddy or anything like that, so I'm sure it was the way that it was intended. Yeah, it was just a bit like, oh, that's a weird way to, you know, to kind of change the aspect ratio in the last minute. Yeah, I
0: Um, feel like it would be really interesting to watch this film, uh, in the Italian version with mm -hmm. just like English subtitles, just to kind of see what, you know, what the original complete version was. Yeah, Um, because the version we see now is like. You know, dubbed right. over yeah. in, in English and, you know, all that. Yeah. Done years later. But um, your boy, Roy Calhoun, was considered for the lead in this. Oh, my God. What a movie that would have been. <laughs> Just standing and walking. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's perfect for the character. <laughs> um, I,
1: I think, yeah, Clint does it really... I'm glad it's Clint. Yeah. He does... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. I don't think... I mean, from what we saw, from the one instance that we saw Rory Calhoun, I don't think he's as um, animatic yeah. as Clint, you know?
0: And I don't think this movie would have been as big in America if it hadn't no. been him. Yeah. You
1: know? like For it sure. Just, it just works. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it was Clint. Good yeah. old Clint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so... Uh,
1: Do you have anything else about this movie? Um, I I do wish that I had saved Yojimbo to watch after. Mm, Yeah. Because with it so fresh in my mind, it was kind of, you know, and everyone knows Kurosawa is such a great director. Yeah. um, That it's hard to kind of separate the two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, well, I'm excited well, to
0: see what you think as we go because yeah, I too. think I think you're going to be able to like separate that a little bit more and really, oh yeah, because you know, for for those who didn't listen to the last episode, Lewis hasn't seen any Sergio Leone films until we started uh, this series, mm-hmm. so um, he's he's getting it all fresh. So I'm excited to to see his reaction to like the height of Sergio Leone.
1: Yeah. And now I've seen like 27% of them. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time moves fast. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so Lewis, what are we watching next week?
1: So this is going to come as a surprise, but we are carrying on <laughs> with Sergio Leone. Um, watch a and we're going to watch for a few dollars more. Um, released 1965, In Italy, but released I believe the same year as this in America. Sweet. In sixty-seven. Um Clint Eastwood's in it again. Um carrying on the the um the no name kind of hero journey. Um very excited to see. Especially with um for a fistful of dollars doing well, you know, hopefully a little bit of a bigger budget. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully a little bit more um originality i don't want to keep banging on about it but you know i'm excited to see where this story is going to develop if this is the basis you know i'm excited to see what's next
0: yeah because so because basically from here they've got basically just a really good character
1: yeah exactly to do yeah. anything with now yeah <clears throat> um so do you want to guess what we each rated it on Ledibus? yes
0: i forgot mm-hmm. that we were going to do that that's a new yeah. thing that we've been doing um i'm gonna say that you rated it
1: three and a half, okay, and i'm gonna say that you rated it four and a half all right okay, so <laughs> I rated it three, ah, which sounds very stingy um but personally, because of watching Yojibo first. I I feel like I had more fun with the Colossus of roads, yeah. And you know, I can understand the like the aesthetic of it, and I know that it's you know it set up this incredible trilogy um, that we're going to discover over the next few weeks. Um, but in terms of enjoyment, it was less than classes of roads for me. Yeah, but not by much. You know, I still had a good time with it. I still enjoyed it. Um, it's hard when you've seen a film. That's been done a little bit better. You know, especially when it's the yeah. same thing to kind of mm-hmm. hold it in the same regard, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um I feel like if you watch this movie again in yeah. a couple
1: of years. After not watching it back to back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would appreciate that, but, it a lot more. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Do
0: like a trilogy watch yeah. one day. Yeah. All in a day.
1: That's the dream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and I did rate it four and a half. You would be right. Yeah. You win.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, what do I win? Uh,
0: we get to watch for a few dollars more next
1: week. <laughs> My uh, favorite kind of prize. <laughs>
0: yeah, I uh, I was like, because I rated Colossus of Roads four and a half just because yeah. I enjoyed watching it so much. I would say that I actually enjoyed Colossus of Roads a little more mm-hmm. than this, um, which is kind of surprising, but I mean, I still rated this four and a half because I, I did enjoy it a lot. And then also just was... Very impressed by the editing and the camera yeah. work and everything. Like I think that took it up for me a lot. Yeah. Um and that that stuff only gets better and better as these movies go on. So yeah.
1: And I'm excited. I mean, this is it's by no means like a dud, you know. I'll yeah, still exactly. happily watch it again. Um yeah. Um, so do you want to try the ranking? Yes. Yeah. Um, so what we've decided to do is because we are kind of spending a lot of time talking about our letterbox and stuff like that, is treat this series a little bit like a letterbox list, where after each of the Leonie films that we watch, we're going to rank them. Um, yes. And obviously last week, it would have been useless to do this because we'd only seen the first film. So it would have been like, where's it going to go? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now we've actually got two. So we're going to do the definitive film church radio ranking. And this is a little bit more... I would say aesthetic not into like a little bit more kind of filmmaking wise in terms of our personal feelings yes yeah. is, is this a better film than Colossus of Rhodes yes yes I think so too. <laughs> yeah I think Colossus of Rhodes is very enjoyable, but I think this is the the amazing like you... of a of a like an auteur you know, yeah, we talked exactly, about this yeah. last week and it could have been made by anybody. It was a like Colossus hour, of it, Roads. Yeah, it yeah. could have, it was just, it was a studio that yeah. needed, a, like a studio film that needed a director where this feels very, per, more. it feels a lot more personal. Um, yeah,
0: just as a filmmaker, I would say you, yeah, you should, you know, if I'm going to say movies that you have to watch, you know, yeah. and need to study. Fistful of Dollars, yes. Colossus of Roads, no.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah um but then just as
0: a film um curator you know there's times where i could recommend colossus of roads in a certain situation you know what i mean
1: yeah for sure i mean it depends what mood i'm in i think that if i wanted to watch them all like all three like obviously this would be the pick if i wanted to just watch a few you know kill a few hours and have a lot of fun i would definitely go for colossus of roads yeah um but i do think that in terms of filmmaking This is the better film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah. The ranking begins. (laughs) A Fistful of Dollars, one. Colossus of Roads two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this list is gonna surprise anybody, honestly. (laughs) It's just, you know, we're gonna end and it's gonna be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Of course. Um
0: well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the show. Of course, you can find us again on all the social media platforms at Film Church Radio, or you can follow us individually on our letterboxed. Mine is at Selman Scope, and Lewis is at Walker Lewis three zero zero seven. There, you can keep up with what we've been watching. Uh, you know, we have a film diary, so you can see what we've been watching this week and what we've been rating things. Uh, of course, we also have all of our back episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms um you can leave us a rating and review uh let us know if you like the film and you can also let us know what you want us to be watching what we might pick for next week's episode um again thanks everybody for listening and lewis i've got those three coffins ready for you
1: my mistake four coffins
0: God, I'm coming.
1: <laughs> Just give me a couple of hours.
0: <laughs> all right, folks. That's all. <laughs> or that's all, folks. I said it backwards. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all.